Welcome back. It's time to finish up the list. The top five Alabama softball moments of the year in 2023. We've got one spot left to reveal. Uh, we are grateful to everybody who's tuned in in five, four, three, and two. And now I'm sure we got some people poking their heads in to figure out what number one is. Shocker. It's the third, fifth, and seventh innings against Northwestern in the Super Regional Final to clinch a spot in the Women's College World Series. If moment number two wasn't a movie, this would be the movie. Mm. Uh, it had everything. It did, it did have everything, including the gentlest dog pile I've ever seen. Don't forget, and you'll hear it, the third inning rain delay... <laughs> I don't have all the audio, obviously. That, that yes. would be insane. <laughs> but you can hear us go, why are people leaving the phone? Oh, no. no. <laughs> of all the things, no. Uh, but what a what a weekend that was. Speaking of emotionally and physically draining weekends, mm. you know, to start off Northwestern winning game one, uh, Alabama coming back to win game two, and then uh, just a back and forth matchup with, you know, two teams that I think, Probably both of them World Series caliber. Yeah. Um, you know, Northwestern Big Ten champion uh, was a top 10 team virtually all year long. And they were, you know, right there with Alabama the entire time in Tuscaloosa. And for the season to, and that's going to say culminate because Alabama did go to the World Series because they won. But to have the peak of that season come in Tuscaloosa. With Montana Fouts in the circle with a huge brace on her knee. Gritting it. Just like uh, I haven't seen a player have to grit it before. And especially, I mean, we the the further away we get from the situation, the more we talk to people who were involved. It's amazing that Alabama was even in a position to play in this game, let alone win it. I, I, 99 out of 100 players that they would have been done. Yeah. As Kevin Brown said, it was a season-ending injury that Montana Fouts came back from two <laughs> right. weeks later. Two weeks later. Uh, so it was just a unbelievable performance by her and then Alabama offensively. Again, as we talked about all all season long, found a way, came through at the right time. Yeah, I mean, you've got the Allie Shipman big hit in the third, the Jenna Johnson home run in the fifth that had – a little bit of everything, a doc reference in there. And there's some fun commentary right before as well, where we kind of predicted it a little bit. Yeah, kind of felt it a little bit coming. Yeah, and then the seventh inning where Alabama, just you need three outs, and then, oh, God, Northwestern hit a home run. Oh, great, uh, of course. And mm. then just the pure joy and the emotion. And I think, well, what we say as we get ready to go to the post-game show, I feel like is the lasting memory for me for this team. And we'll probably cover that once we play the audio. Sounds good. Let's do it. It's time for number one. The third, fifth, and seventh innings against Northwestern in the Super Regional Final. Your top moment of the year, as voted by our committee. Here it is. The third inning is presented by Bojangles. Download the new Bojangles app and bring the flavor to your next softball tailgate with chicken biscuits and fixings, all by ordering ahead on the convenient Bojangles app. It's bow time, y'all. We head to the third inning, still 0-0 between Northwestern and Alabama. Due up for the Wildcats here in the third. Nito Shellmeyer and Nelson, 9-1-2 against Shayla Torrance in the circle for the Crimson Tide. 
With an Alabama victory today, Alabama would punch their ticket for their 14th trip to Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series. Tied would open with Tennessee on Thursday. A loss for Alabama would be the end of the 2023 season. Pass on that. Yep, I'm good. And Alabama will look to try to get on the scoreboard offensively, but first, Jayla Torrance will try to keep the Wildcats off the board here in the third inning. And tasked with that, I turn things over to my partner, Gray Roberts. Thank you, Tom. It's time for Gray's inning of chaos. Rabble, rabble. Let's see. Last night, good chaos. Game one, bad chaos. We'll see what happens here as we try and split the difference <laughs> or just go full good. Right. Grace Nito, the sophomore, will lead off the inning. Nito. First pitch from Torrance. Bunted at and missed. 0-1. Nito hitting 247 on the year, 20 of 81, 16 runs scored, a double and 10 runs driven in. 0 for 3 with a K here in this super. And an out of the box call. It's been a story today in the other game three. Yeah, indeed. We'll get to that in a bit, I'm sure. Here's the 0-1. Nito with a chopper that's handled by Kahalen. The throw to first is in plenty of time for out number one. A difficult play made look easy there by Kenley Kahalen as she filtered it off that second hop right off the ground. Knew she had an extra second, collected herself, made the throw, and there's one away. Skyler Schellmeyer now back to the top of the order. She singled in the first, the lone hit in the ball game for anybody. First pitch from Torrance. Schellmeyer slaps it foul. 0-1. Fans are screaming out of the box. It wouldn't have changed anything. No, it wouldn't change anything. still be an 0-1 count. It's okay, though, to put it in, put it in Blue's mind. Yeah. She's starting out of the box, interestingly. 0-1 from Jayla is slap foul again, 0-2. Saw several... Bama baseball players here earlier today, and baseball awaits the selection show to see what their fate is in the NCAA tournament. Top 16 hosts will be announced tonight, and the full selection show will be announced tomorrow. Bama certainly primed to be the top 16 hosts. I would think so. Saw so our good friend Jim Jarvis walk up by us a moment ago. We don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> the 0-2 from Torrance is slapped to Hevlin. She's got it. The flip to first with the glove is in time for out number two. And that was a pretty well-hit ball by Skylar Schellmeyer, but a phenomenal, with a high degree of difficulty, defensive play by Callie Hevlin. Yeah, Hevlin goes down to her knees to make that stop and knew with the speed of Schellmeyer, didn't have time to transfer that over to her throwing in, so just scooped it with the glove and got its broad foot in time for the out. Really slick play there defensively. So two gone for Maeve Nelson. Nelson struck out in the first inning. First pitch from Torrance is hit out to center for a base hit. So Northwestern has their second hit of the ball game. Runner aboard with two outs here in the top of the third for Jordan Rudd. So that's not yeah. ideal. Not hit extremely hard, but on a line and... Kristen White was playing deep, respecting Nelson's power abilities. And let's feel that. Two-out single now. Just do what Jayla does here. Rudd flew out to left in the first inning. First pitch. 
Rudd sends that out to right and right at Larissa Pruitt. Catch made, side retired, and once again, Northwestern gets a runner on, and then she just doesn't move, and we're still scoreless. Yeah, and that's a huge out to get because Jordan Rudd is who you want up in that position if you're Northwestern, and a relatively easy out to get the Northwestern catcher in a big situation. And we should note, outside of Nito, the second time through the order, Shellmeyer, Nelson, and Rudd all went after the first pitch. So that might be the adjustment they're making. We'll see what Torrance does in response as we go to the bottom of the third. Still scoreless here in this extremely tense game with a trip to Oklahoma City on the line on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Tight game as expected. Scoreless going to the bottom of the third. 9-1-2 due up for the Crimson Tide. The third inning is presented by Bojangles. Download the new Bojangles app and bring the flavor to your next softball tailgate with chicken, biscuits, and fixings, all by ordering ahead on the convenient Bojangles app. It's bow time, y'all. I don't know if they can fit anybody else here in the facility. Grandstands are packed. The brickyard is just... It's not standing room only, it's breathing room only out there in the brickyard, and the crowd is getting into it with Kristen White about to step in. Danielle Williams has not been particularly sharp, Tom, but she has gotten out of a couple of dicey situations. Mainly, they both came in the first inning, but still, I think Alabama has a good plan. Now they just have to execute it to the tune of a hit and a run. Right. And another thing about the crowd, as you mentioned, when we got here a little over two hours before our first pitch, the line to get into the brickyard, Coach Murphy talked about in our pregame interview, too, just down the block and around the corner. And I would remind everyone that we found out when this game would be played at, like, 11 o'clock last night. <laughs> right, yes. I'm sure there are people that woke up this morning just then finding out what time this game was. So Kristen White will lead off the inning. She's been phenomenal in this Super Regional. Two for four with a 600 OBP. First pitch from Williams. White shows bunt, takes it low for ball one. On the year, Kristen is hitting 302, 29 of 96, 12 runs scored, eight runs driven in. And trying to set the table with Ashley Prangy on deck. The 1-0. Inner half called strike, one and one. Gray, this is one of only two game threes here today in Super Regional play. But we can still give you a scoreboard update on those. And it's time for a scoreboard update brought to you by the Out of the Box podcast. Oh, no. Wait a second. Oh, goodness. Let me check the radar. They're pulling everybody off the field. Oh, yep. That cell that we talked about earlier. It decided to grow some legs, and it's now 4.3 miles away. Oh, the dreaded no rain, rain delay. Where did that come from? Let's take a look. Oh, yeah, that thing grew. Wow, look at that. Yeah, there's a cell. That's, it was not that big, but it's, it's moving east. Which is very Has odd. Has ever happened before? No, it's going opposite of the way that Let me check my other radar come. This one shows moving south. Okay. Welcome back to Rhodes Stadium. The delay is about to come to an end. Tom Canterbury alongside Gray Robertson. It's Alabama softball here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. We're in the bottom of the third inning. 
A 1-1 count on the leadoff hitter in the bottom of the third, Kristen White, as Alabama and Northwestern knotted up at zero here. Game number three of the Tuscaloosa Super Regional, the winner of this game. Heads to the Women's College World Series. The loser will see their 2023 season come to an end. And, uh, Gray, it was one of those always fun, no rain, no uh, uh, perceivable lightning or thunder, but it was within the 10-mile radius, and we just kind of got a uh, got an hour-long break here. Yeah, and a couple things to add to that. A, if you're thinking, oh, maybe it'll come again, it, radar looks great. So yeah. we should be good for the rest of the night unless we go, like, 25 innings which yeah, I, I really hope not. But the best part about there being no rain is nobody was tempted to leave. A lot of people milling around the concourse, but I don't think anybody left. So this place should hopefully be popping. We were talking with our friend Kaylee Tow during the break, and she said maybe this delay is what the crowd needed because she was right. It had gotten a little bit quiet in the last few it, it, innings. It had been tense. Yeah. Like, yeah. And maybe this is what loosens everybody up. We do expect the humidity to crank up with that cell pattern. And, again, I think if you're Alabama, you've got to be really careful how you attack Danielle Williams here because we saw how she began the game quite while missing the zone. We're not quite sure how she'll re-begin the game after the delay, but you've got to make sure that you go after the right pitches, as has been the story all weekend long. Right. So a quick recap of what's happened so far here in the ballgame. In the top of the first inning for Northwestern, Skylar Shellmeyer led things off with a single, but then Jayla Torrance got three straight out to strand Shellmeyer on second base. Alabama in the bottom of the first was able to get a couple of runs with or a couple of runners on without a benefit of a hit, but couldn't get anybody past second base. And the score remained tied at zero in the top of the second. A one-out walk for Angela Zedak, but she was stranded on first. No score for the Wildcats in the second. Bottom of the second, Alabama went down one, two, three, although both Kinley Cahalan and Larissa Pruitt went full counts and had uh, Daniel Williams working really hard to get that one, two, three inning. The top of the third for Northwestern, a two-out single by Babe Nelson, but nothing doing for the Wildcats there. And just as the bottom of the third was getting underway, that's when the weather delay came about. And, uh, Gray, we are now currently the only game remaining in Super Regionals. Utah has clinched their or punched their ticket for the Women's College World Series with a win over San Diego State. So seven out of the eight of the field of eight in the World Series is set, and this is going to be the final ticket punched. Yes, it will. You've got three Pac-12 teams going to OKC, Stanford, Washington, and Utah. Two from the Big 12, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State right now. One from the ACC, Florida State, and presently one from the SEC in Tennessee. We certainly hope that number becomes two. Two and the matchups that we are aware of, and there has been a schedule drifting around. I, I'm not going to say anything until we get confirmation, but we know who's playing whom. Yeah. And it'll be Oklahoma and Stanford, which sign me up. Sure. Tennessee versus the winner of this game, Alabama and Northwestern. Florida State versus Oklahoma State, and Washington versus Utah. So. I think it'll be a really fun World Series, and I think I'm going either way, but I would much, much, much prefer to go with the University of Alabama. Yes, so that is certainly the plan. Again, the winner of this one heads to the Women's College World Series, and the loser will see their 2023 campaign come to an end. And uh, If you're Alabama, you've had runners on as we just went through, but uh, the Tide's still looking for their first hit against Danielle Williams, and uh, an opportunity during that break, I'm sure, for Ryan I. Murray and, and everyone on the coaching staff to take a look and, and talk 
to some of the hitters and see what type of adjustments they can make against Williams, who, by the way, a lot of times she can tell you she's about to throw a changeup and still get you. Uh, she's one of if, one of the best pitchers in America for that reason, and uh, Alabama will just try to make those adjustments to find a way to get to her. Right, and I think the plan, as we've detailed, has been pretty good. Alabama's made her work. I think the pitch selection has been already infinitely better, and every ball, for the most part, you know, you can make the argument maybe Larissa's, but everything that Alabama's put in play has been the right pitch. And Kaylee Tao was agreeing with me when we were talking about it earlier, just just miss hit. And if Alabama can continue to execute that plan and make an adjustment on the changeup, then I think they're going to be fine. And this does seem like a great opportunity. You know, Kristen White, we talked about it before she came up, 600 OBP in this super. And then Ashley Prangy on deck, I mean, we talk all the time after delays about how important it is to set the tone. Nobody really set the tone before the delay. So right. it's basically like a whole new ballgame. 9-1-2 due up for the tide here. We're about two minutes away from the rain delay being officially over and about to get restarted. Quick chance, chance to take a look at Alabama softball on this date. Presented by the Alabama Crimson Tide Game Day Live app. Keep up with everything Alabama with the Alabama Crimson Tide Game Day Live mobile app. Presented by Cadence Bank. Download it now for free at the app store and Google Play. Alabama 3-2 and two all time here on May 28th. Outscored by their opponents 21-16. to 16. Tide last played on May 28th in 2021. A 4-3 win, win over Kentucky in game one of that year's Tuscaloosa Super Regional. And the Tide has claimed two Super Regional titles on this date. 2005 at Texas A&M in the first ever Super Regional round. And in 2016 over Washington here in Tuscaloosa. And now you've got a rain delay against Northwestern. Or I right. should say lightning delay. Lightning Again, delay. It nary a drop. No. Tarp was not even thought about being pulled. Um, it maybe cooled things down a touch, but also that humidity is starting to ramp up as well. The yeah. wind, wind's still blowing out to right about 8 to 10 miles per hour when it gusts up. Uh, but other than that, no real change as far as the temperature or the weather goes. So, Gray. <laughs> that's that, that's a way for that inning of chaos to continue up. I don't think we've had that happen yet so far this year. No, but just add it to the yeah, list. Put it to the list, and hopefully we can add Alabama breaking the scoreless tie to the list here in the third. So, Gray, take it away. Thank you, partner. When we last left you, as you mentioned, Tom, Kristen White had a 1-1 count. I'll reread her stats just for fun. Hitting 302 on the year, 29 of 96, 12 runs scored, 8 runs driven in. Jayla Torrance has been masterful in the circle. Danielle Williams has been really, really solid as well, if not particularly sharp, doing a great job getting the big outs. But now it's all about who can grab the mow right back after the lightning delay. And the sun is out. It is a little bit cooler, but a little stickier. And the wind continues to be still. Looks like we are all set. A little over an hour, the delay. And now Kristen White will step in for the 1-1 pitch from Danielle Williams. It was just a sandwich break. And the rise is slap foul, a ball and two strikes. So Kristen White wanting to be aggressive, and that was a power slap, Tom. Yeah, trying to put one out into the outfield. 
Northwestern is playing that slapper's depth in left. They didn't do the LIU vacate right field. The 1-2. White slaps that to short. Nelson's got it. The third of first is not in time. Set the tone, Kristen White. Lead off base hit, and that'll break up the no-hitter for Danielle Williams here in the third. Yeah, definitely beat it out. Nelson charged in from short, but it took a second hop. And they just saw the replay. I think Northwestern is going to not try and challenge, which is the right call, because yeah. Kristen was past the first base bag when the ball was caught by Cochran. But, yeah, great way to set the tone after the weather delay getting a base runner here to start things off in the third. And to set things up for Prangy, who walked in the first. First pitch from Williams. Prangy, big cut, fouled it back. 0-1. And, Tom, it appears the strategy is attack Williams right out of the break. Is Wind a, is blowing out, by the way. It is officially a one-hour and one-minute lightning delay. Wow. 0-1. Change up in there for a strike. 0 and 2. Yeah, the wind is blowing out right to left, so a complete shift from before the delay. 0 2 to Prangy. High and away, 1 and 2. Remember the first at bat for Prangy a couple hours ago now, but that was a four pitch walk. Prangy, so the first time that she's seeing strike zones who are here today. The one-two from Williams. It's high. White will take off, and she's safe at second. Nito can't believe it, but I sure can. Looked like White got a great jump and was certainly safe. On the stolen base, it was a ball to Prangy. And now if you're Northwestern, with two strikes... Where do you attack Prangy? Well, we'll find out after this review, a challenge from Northwestern. Tom, you were looking at the replay. What did you see? Yeah, the the throw is actually really good, and the, and the tag almost got her, and the tag was applied to the top of the helmet of Kristen White, but I think White's hands were on the base when that happened. It was, a really cl it was closer than it looked at the naked eye. As this official review is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa. Shop one of the largest selections of pre-owned vehicles at Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa, a proud supporter of Alabama softball. I think actually, as I'm watching another replay of it, I think it actually might have missed the helmet and the tag was applied on the shoulder of White. And if that is the case, White is definitely safe. Here's a great look. Look at that view. Yeah, that missed the helmet. Yeah. I don't I don't know if there's anything indisputable here, Tom. No. Yeah, she's Yeah, she's she I, I think it might have actually grazed the helmet before it hits the before it hits the shoulder, but even if that's the case, Kristen's hands are on the bag when that graze happens. If the tag was applied right there when she first catches it, right. Kristen would be out. But there's space between the glove and the helmet until, yep, as, still we're, as they're space. going still frame space. by frame, the Bruder film style here. 
Yeah, yeah. She, th- there's no way there's indisputable evidence no. to overturn this. We say that, but right. we'll and, see. And I think, I think that would be the case either way. If they had called Kristen White out on the field, I think if Alabama had challenged, probably be the same scenario. But it was a extended review, and not surprising because, like we said, it is a really, really close play. And a good challenge by Northwestern because, like you said, watching it live, I, I thought K-Dub was well safe, but yeah. it was a great throw by Rudd. Here's the call. Safe. The play is upheld, and we're right. Kristen White has her 14th stolen base of the year and a runner's in scoring position with a 2-2 count to Prangy and first base open. We will see now with that stolen base, although you do have two strikes, so I think if you're Northwestern, you still try to go after Prangy. Probably. Probably try and make her chase, I would think. 2-2 to Prangy. That's low, full count. But if you'd like to put two runners on with nobody out, I'm okay with that, too. Well, I think we would know what Jenna Johnson would probably try and do. (laughs) Payoff to Prangy. Williams misses outside. Ball four. Prangy draws her second walk of the day. Two aboard with nobody out for Alabama here in the bottom of the third. Close play, close pitch there on the outside corner. But I think if you were Williams there, you were trying to induce a swing and maybe hope to get a call. But the walk is issued. Now we'll see what Jenna does. She laid down a sack punt her first time up. Will she try it again? First pitch. Johnson will square around and take a strike on the outer half. White is dancing and will scurry back to second. 0-1. Careful there if you're Kristen because she was, no one was on second, but Shellmeyer was trying to sneak up behind her from center. The 01. Johnson lays down the bunt. Katie's got it. The throw to first is not in time. Base is loaded, baby, with nobody out. What an absolutely perfect bunt by Jenna Johnson to the right of Danielle Williams. And now we're having a meeting of the entire Northwestern defense. All nine players going out to talk in the circle as the Crimson Tide has absolutely seized the momentum to start things off here after that one-hour weather delay. And needless to say, you have to score here. you got to get something, but... I think you especially have to get a crooked number up. Johnson definitely beat it out. And for whatever reason, there was a little bit of a hesitation from Katie before making the throw to first. And that allowed Johnson to beat it and load the bases for Bailey Dowling, who is as due for a big hit as any player in America. Bailey hit into a fielder's choice and reached her first time up. Bases loaded, nobody out. First pitch. Dowling skies it out to center. Shellmeyer will make the catch. No movement. And the throw home was cut off and tipped to Rudd, but one down as Dowling went after the first pitch. Yeah, 
that. Not not deep enough even for someone with the speed of Kristen White to try to tag there. Definitely with just the one out after the catch. You don't want to risk it in that situation. Don't leave it up for Shipman here. Allie Shipman, 0 for 1, flew out to center in the first. First pitch. Ship swings and misses at the changeup. 0-1. That was as hard a hack as Allie Shipman has had in her career at Alabama. Got to get the heart rate down. Yeah. The 0-1. Ship fouls it off. 0-2. Got another changeup. Looking at that left center field gap. Ship can put it right between Sydney Littlejohn and Marissa Runyon. I know our dear friend Sid would love to do that. Love to see her face on camera. Got to protect now. The 0-2. Shipman rips it to left. That's down and fair. White will score. Here comes Prangy. Heck yeah, Allie Shipman. Two RBI single. And Alabama's got the lead here in the Line drive shot down the left field line. It was fair by a few feet, hit up against the wall. Jenna Johnson at first base had to hold up just in case Zedak was able to come over there and make a diving catch. So she's at second, and Shipman's held to a single. But it brings in two runs, and the Crimson Tide has the lead, and it's a crooked number. Indeed it is. Momentum seized, Tom. Emma Broadfoot, runners on first and second, one out. First pitch. Emma will take a strike on the inner half. Good curveball, 0-1. Broadfoot flew out to center her first time up. My gosh, on an 0-2 pitch, right down the heart. And Shipman ripped it. 0-1. Broadfoot, oh, excuse me. Check swing foul, 0-2. She ripped it and was able to keep it fair as well, which was obviously the key to that one. I couldn't tell on the replay if it was a changeup. I think it was curve in, and it just didn't move enough. Another 0-2. Too far inside. A ball and two strikes. Alabama leads it 2-0. This is the best Gray's inning of chaos ever. <laughs> Add more if you can here, Crimson Tide. The one-two. Broadfoot takes it outside. Count is even. That was quite the roar when that one landed fair. Crowd's back in it. 2-2. Broadfoot rips that one foul down the left side. Security person had to move quickly. Remains 2-2. Two and two. The pitch. Broadfoot 
somehow makes contact on a change that was low and away to stay alive. Yeah, great job there by Broadfoot. Fooled by the pitch initially, but slowed her swing down enough and went, was able to go down and get a piece to stay alive. And Patrick Murphy asked for the Bama fans to make even more noise, and they oblige. And now Williams will call time. What a way to restart this game. The 2-2. Just outside, full count. Payoff. Broadfoot pops it up. Shipman's got to hurry back to first. She will get there as Nito makes the catch. Two down. Another case, Tom, where Broadfoot swung at the right pitch, but miss hit it. And with Callie Hevelin about to step in, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Hevelin is 0 for 1 today. Runners on first and second, two outs. The first pitch, Hevelin. Showed bunt, pulled it back, took a change up for a strike, 0-1. 2 nothing tied here in the bottom of the third. Trip to OKC on the line. The 0-1. Called strike on the outer half, 0-2. The pitch. Outside, one and two. The one, two, skips in. Johnson will head for third and slide in safely. Shipman takes second. On a coordinated move by the Alabama base runners, and it's a 2-2 count on Hevlin. That was supposed to be, I think, a hit and run, but the pitch was so poor in the dirt that Hevlin couldn't even go after it. But a great job to steal those bases. Double steal. Two in scoring position now. The 2-2 to Callie Hevlin is hit foul. She'll stay alive. Shipman now eight for nine stolen bases on the year. Just the second stolen base on the year for Jenna Johnson. She's two for three. Another 2-2. Two -two. Hevlin swings and misses to strike out. And a chance for more goes by the wayside. But, Tom, it was a chance for more because of Allie Shipman. She has never been to the Women's College World Series. And in the bottom of the third, a two-RBI single has given Alabama the lead here in the decisive game at the Tuscaloosa Super Regional. Yeah, great, uh, great job of hitting there by Allie Shipman. 
kept it fair down that left field line, drove in two, and gave Alabama the 2-0 lead, which is the largest lead they've had of this entire Super Regional. Amazing. Well, the longest Gray's inning of chaos has come to a close. Let's go to the fourth. Alabama leads Northwestern 2-0 here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. The fifth inning is presented by the Bryant Museum. This is the new Alabama softball exhibit at the Bryant Museum this season. Located on the UA campus just across from Coleman Coliseum. Open every day from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. except Mondays. Access online at bryantmuseum.com. We head to the top of the fifth inning. Alabama with a 2-1 lead over Northwestern. Two up for the Wildcats here in the fifth. It will be top of the order. Shellmeyer, Nelson, and Rudd. Taking on Montana Fouts now out for her first full inning of work. Gave up one hit in in the last inning. Getting the final two outs of the inning. Allowed one inherited run to score. Now she'll have an opportunity to start things off. Clean inning against the top of the order for the Wildcats. And Skylar Schellmeyer, who's one for two with a single and a ground out. Two runs on four hits, no errors. Five left for Alabama. One run on four hits, no errors, and five left for Northwestern as the even Super Regional continues with a pretty even stat line right now. Of course it is. On the line score, other than the Tide having a 2-1 lead. First pitch to Shellmeyer. A little high for ball one. You look at situational hitting, Northwestern 2 for 10 with runners on, Alabama 2 for 11. Risk, Northwestern 1 for 6, Alabama 2 for 8. Two outs, Northwestern 2 for 6, Alabama 0 for 4. 1-0. Slap through for a base hit, pass Prangy at third into left field. And it's a leadoff single by Skylar Schellmeyer. Yeah, just stuck the bat out there on that rise, and nothing Prangy could do over at the hot corner. That was just a worm burner right by her. Here, check that. That was just a high curve. And unfortunately, Prangy was kind of playing Shellmeyer in case she would bunt, which she did show bunt on the first pitch. But we knew this about Northwestern. They are a comeback team. This is what they do. They put pressure on you. Just got to continue to bear down. First pitch to Maeve Nelson. Puts a bunt down. Prangy has it. Will throw to first to a covering Hevlin. And Nelson and Hevlin came together over there on first base. Nelson seemed upset about it. Not sure why. But the sacrifice does move the runner to second with one down. And it is the right play with Jordan Rudd about to step in. We talked about it, the postseason killer, and Alabama will intentionally walk Rudd, which is the right move. Rudd was 0 for 2 with a couple of flyouts, but the first base is open. We saw last night Northwestern chose to pitch to Ashley Prangy with first base open in the seventh inning, and Prangy made them pay for it. Alabama going to take that off the table here against Rudd. I mean, again, she's over two today and still hitting over 500 in the NCAA tournament. Right. So the fourth pitch of the intentional walk is issued. 
First and second now with one out for Hannah Katie. Katie's over two with a strikeout and a ground out so far today. First pitch from Fouts. Fly ball to center. Charging up, making the catch. Is Kristen White for out number two. Interesting to see Katie swing at the first pitch. But that heavy ball that Patrick Murphy talked about last night made sure that she didn't get solid contact. I say I'm surprised, though, because, I mean, remember the last inning? It, it was all about Northwestern working at bats. Right. And they've been fairly aggressive here in this frame. As Nikki Cochran now steps in, first and second, two outs. First pitch, hide away for ball one. Cochran's 0 for 1 with a ground out. Walked in the fourth inning, and your pinch runner came around to score the only run in the game so far for the Wildcats. The 1-0 pitch. Call strike. One ball, one strike. The 1-1. A little high. Two balls, one strike. Cochran is doing a great job not chasing up. I mean, a great job. That's where Torrance is trying to get her when it was 0-2 a couple times, and she waited and laid off. The 0-1 pitch. Called strike. This one in there. 2-2 two and two now. So that's where if you're fouts, and you get a little bit harder to do with a rise kind of being on and off, you throw that pitch that's got that screwy spin if you can. Here comes 2-2. Two -two. That's a ground ball, slow roller to second. Hevlin's there. The throw is in time, and Northwestern strands a couple of runners here in the top of the fifth. Beautiful job by Callie Hevlin right there. The focus was undeniable. You know, Rudd was flashing right in front of her, and Callie looked earlier like she was walking a little gingerly after whatever happened at first with Maeve Nelson, but that time kept the focus and kept up the phenomenal defensive plays that we've seen from her this weekend. For Northwestern here in the fifth, no runs on a hit, no errors, two runners left on base. We stretch in Tuscaloosa. The Crimson Tide holds on to a 2-1 lead over Northwestern here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. The fifth inning is presented by the Bryant Museum. This is the new Alabama softball exhibit at the Bryant Museum this season. Located on the UA campus just across from Coleman Coliseum. Open every day from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. except Mondays. Access online at bryantmuseum.com. We head to the home half of the fifth inning. Alabama with a 2-1 lead over Northwestern. Two up for the Tide here in the fifth. It'll be Johnson, Dowling, and Shipman. 2-3-4 against Danielle Williams in the circle for the Wildcats. Williams, four innings, four hits, two runs, both earned, two walks, four strikeouts. Her first pitch of the fifth inning will be her 81st of the ball game already. And Gray, it looks like it's been officially announced. Yeah, we know if Alabama wins, when they will play the Women's College World Series. And we're the first game, so that night will be fun. Yes. Uh, if they win, it'll be Alabama-Tennessee at 11 a.m. Central Time, opening day, opening game of the 2023 Women's College World Series. And to get there you got to hold Northwestern, but if you want to feel really great, add one more run. If it's a two-run deficit, I think that might be enough. 
So if you want to add even more, I'm okay with it. Sure. Jenna Johnson will lead things off at the side here in the fifth. Squares round a bunt, pulls it back for a called strike. Johnson, one for one on the day. Laid down a sacrifice in the first and got a bunt single in the third. This will, I assume, be really her first chance to actually swing away here today. The 0-1, swing and a miss. No balls, two strikes. And I wonder at what point does Williams just throw change, like the entire time. Yeah. The 0-2 pitch is high, one and two. I'm thinking change up right here again. I think if you're Jenna Johnson, you just got to be sitting that pitch. The one, two. That's line foul. Ooh, nice catch. That's Doc. Made by Doc Bentley. Out of left field line. Yeah, Doc Bentley. Big part of the reason why Montana Fouts is able to throw today. The work he did at the SEC tournament in the immediate was phenomenal and now literally making plays during the game as well. Yes. Quite the athlete. Hey. If you've ever gone to top golf with him. How about his wife? Woo. Can crank a drive. One, two. Speaking of cranking it, that one's deep to left and it's gone! Solo homer off the left field foul pole by Jenna Johnson. It's 3-1 Crimson Tide. Sometimes the bomb might explode without any warning. No warning. Wow. Jenna Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. She points to the sky because she knows what that might have just done. Amazing. Jenna gets a curve in. Williams, that's the only pitch that Alabama's been able to hit. I don't know why they keep throwing it. And she curves it down the left field line off the yes, 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 no foul pole to give Alabama that two-run lead that we were desperately asking for. Finally doesn't bunt and hits a solo jack. And the Crimson Tide leads at 3-1 and Bailey Dowling steps in. First pitch is low for ball one. Dowling's 0 for 2 on the day with a fielder's choice and a fly out. So incredibly happy for Jenna. And we talked about it last night. That one sack bunt that she laid down seemed to open something up. Yeah. She's back to normal. The 1-0. Dowling with a one-hopper back to the circle. Williams has it, makes a throw for out number one. Got a little bit on top of that changeup and certainly out in front. Probably another one that you're kind of hoping will go foul, but yeah. unfortunately right back at Williams. For Jenna. That's her fourth home run of the season, RBI number 27, the first home run for the Crimson Tide of this Super Regional. With Allie Shipman stepping to the plate, the first pitch. And that one's popped up. Shallow center now ranging back behind the second base bag and make the catch is a shortstop Nelson 
for out number two. And that Jenna Johnson home run brought to you by Barkley GMC of Tuscaloosa. For over 42 years, Barkley makes it easy online at barkleygmc.com. Two outs for Emma Broadfoot. Go for two with a fly out and a pop out. First pitch. In there for a strike, going one. Three-one Alabama. Both these teams with five hits apiece. The 0-1. Ooh. Swung on and missed, 0-2. Is that the best changeup of the day from Danielle Williams? And we've seen them either be up and in the zone or low. That one had as much sink on it as any pitch she has thrown maybe all weekend. The 0-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. Broadfoot down on three straight strikes. So after the solo homer... Danielle Williams probably throws the rest of maybe the best inning she's had all super regional long, but it came after the Crimson Tide added to their lead. One run on one hit. There were no errors and no runners left on base. We played five. It's 3-1 Alabama here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from their field. The seventh inning is presented by Onward Reserve. Onward Reserve is the official apparel provider of the Crimson Tide Sports Network, providing all the great gear this year. Visit onwardreserve.com for all your golf and game day apparel. Live authentically with Onward Reserve. We head to the top of the seventh inning, the last chance for Northwestern. Alabama with a 3-1 lead over the Wildcats. Top of the order due up for Northwestern here. Shell Meyer, Nelson, and Rudd against Montana Fouts in the circle for the Crimson Tide. Alabama three outs away from punching their ticket. The final one available for the Women's College World Series. Northwestern has to score two at least to keep this game alive. Here in the Tuscaloosa Super Regional. Montana in relief has gone two and two-thirds. Three hits, no runs, one walk, and a strikeout. And will throw her 35th pitch of the game to start things off here in the seventh after Montana took over for Jayla Torrance in the fourth inning. And it is the top of the order for the Wildcats, starting with Skylar Schellmeyer, two for three on the day with a couple of singles. So we got to think Skylar is going to be trying to do some small ball here against Fouts, and the infield's ready. Yep. Be prepared. First pitch. Hits the inside corner for a called strike one. I cannot properly explain how tense it is right now here in this building. Leo one. Slap to second. Nice play by Hevlin. The throw is in time for out number one. It was a high chopper to Callie, and she made a leaping stop, and the throw was there. There's one gone. Incredible. Callie Hevlin, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing at the plate at all, literally, in this super regional. But the defense, her best of the season. What a play. Again, the stated goal here, keep that tying run in the on-deck circle. And there's one, ga- one down for Maeve Nelson. First pitch. Oh, dear. Oh, goodness. That was right there. Didn't get the call. 
maybe a hair inside. It's interesting. So he gave inside to the lefty, but not to the righty. I actually think that pitch looked better than the first pitch to Shellmeyer. Yeah. But why should it be easy? Mm. The 1-0. There's a strike. 1-1. Nelson's 1 for 2. She struck out in the first, singled in the third, sacrificed in the fifth. Wind continues to lazily blow, now pretty much straight out. The 1-1 pitch. No outside, 2-1. Got to trust your defense. Like we said, it's going to be hard to get strikeouts right now with this zone. And Northwestern has been, for all their offensive issues, pretty disciplined at the plate here in this Super Regional. A 2-1 pitch. Low it in, 3-1. The 3-1. Nelson with a fly ball to deep left, and that is going to be gone. Solo homer over the left field wall. Jenna Johnson made an attempt at it, but it got over her glove and hit off the, the light pole in left center field, and it's now 3-2 Alabama. Well, that's now the 40th run scored by Northwestern in the seventh inning this year. And we knew that they would put together something. But unfortunately, what it does is bring the tying run to the plate and no longer keep her on deck. Again, though, Tom, why should it ever be easy? 3-1, we talked about it. You had to trust your defense. The problem is that pitch was a little bit too good against Nelson. Now Jordan Rudd steps to the plate. First pitch. Ground ball to short. Cahalen charges, makes the stop in the throw for out number two, and Northwestern's down to their final out. I'm stunned. I am stunned that Jordan Rudd just went after the first pitch, even if it looked good. Mm. Considering the at-bat we just saw from Nelson, who worked the count and then got something good, but I'll take it. And obviously, how big is that solo homer by Jenna Johnson oh, now? Looming large. And Katie, the last chance for the Wildcats. First pitch. Little outside for ball one. Katie's 0 for 3 with a strikeout, a ground out, and a fly out. Everybody obviously to their feet here at the Rhodes House. The 1-0. Fouled away. One ball, one strike. Deep breaths, everyone. In the seventh inning brought to you by Honored Reserve. You're wearing the Honored Reserve shirt today. How's it breathing? Uh, there's not a lot of breathing happening on this side of the room, Tom. The 1-1 one, one mm. is outside, 2-1. and one. I go... Back inside, maybe? It's a dangerous pitch. 
Because if you miss, that's something Katie can pound. Does have six home runs this year. Fouts looks in. And here comes the 2-1. Called strike on the outside corner. Two balls and two strikes. Northwestern down to their final strike. It was not a strike earlier in the inning, but I'm sure glad it was now. Come on, Tana. Here comes the 2-2. Two -two. Outside, and the count's full, 3-2. and two. Beautiful weather. Payoff pitch from Fouts. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Kitty's down on strikes. And Alabama, after a one-year absence, heads back to Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series for the 14th time as they win this Tuscaloosa Super Regional with a final score of 3-2 to two in the championship game over Northwestern. Montana Fouts fell to her knees because I don't think two weeks ago she ever thought she would have the opportunity to get the strikeout to send this team back to Oklahoma City. But she rehabbed, she worked, and she came in and despite a slight hiccup in the seventh, got the strikeout. The magic strikeout in a game that was perfectly emblematic of this season. Let me tell you, Tom, we've said it for the last three weeks. This team is special in a different way. They will make you fall in love with them. They will excite you. They will thrill you. They'll frustrate you. And then they'll do something that will make you fall in love with them even more. And that something is being one of the final eight teams playing in the NCAA tournament at next week's Women's College World Series. Montana Fouts picks up her 100th career victory with the win here today, sending the Crimson Tide back to OKC. With the win, Alabama will head to Oklahoma City with a record of 45 and 20. Northwestern sees their season come to an end at 42 and 13. With the loss here today, Alabama three runs on five hits, no errors, and five runners left for Northwestern. Two runs on seven hits, no errors, eight runners left on base. Montana Fouts is your winner. She's now 25-10 and 10 on the year. Dania Williams sees her career come to an end here in her fifth season with an overall record of 23-3. and three. And we're going to talk a lot about Alabama in postgame, but I want to make sure we properly recognize that Northwestern senior class who had an incredible five years. Lance McMahon just now going through the handshake line. Spoke to Danielle Williams for a long time. Incredible career for her. It's a very, very, very good team who gave Alabama everything that they wanted. But today and all weekend, the Tide found a way. And once again, as Patrick Murphy does the windmill <laughs> out by the brickyard, Alabama finds a way after losing game one of a super. Forget the math. This team doesn't care about the numbers. They're going to continue to defy the odds. And if you've given up, if you ever gave up, we're giving you one last chance to get on the ride because the story was always going to end in OKC. And now we know for a fact that one way or another, it will.
Alabama, for the third time in their history, loses the first game of a Super Regional and comes back to punch their ticket to the Women's College World Series. They win the Tuscaloosa Super Regional two games to one over Northwestern and wins this ball game here, three to two, the final score. We'll take a timeout, come back with the Yellowhammer Brewing Company postgame report as Alabama heads to OKC with a 3-2 win over the Wildcats of Northwestern here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back to a jubilant road stadium, Alabama. The 3-2 win over Northwestern here to win the Tuscaloosa Super Regional and head back to Oklahoma City. And the last two times the Crimson Tide's been in OKC. That was 2019 and 2021. Of course, there was no World Series in 2020. Alabama was one of the final four teams playing those two years. And the Crimson Tide has an opportunity here to go back and see what they can do with Montana Fouts pitching them to the World Series with the victory here today, her 100th of her career, and fittingly enough, finishing it off with a strikeout. Had to be done. Had to be done that way. Uh, I've talked about the story. What does that mean? It's the way that this season has played out. We'll dive into it a little bit more later. We'll definitely do it on the pod that we will be doing from Oklahoma City, Tom, Mm -hmm. by the way. But the story was never going to end before Oklahoma City. Never. Never a doubt in my mind. As, again insane as some of these games have been this year this was always the path and i didn't realize how much i missed it but man to see the celebrations out there means the world to a lot of people ali shipman who's been waiting her entire career to go to oklahoma city same with ashley prangy mm-hmm. and all the people who came to this program Knowing that if you did your job and you worked and you fought, you could get to the stage that Alabama will be playing on next weekend. And everybody, obviously, we'll go over all the stats in a little bit, but everybody had it that it was the freshman did so good, and but it was the seniors. It was the upperclassmen that had the biggest hits in these ball games. Jenna Johnson, the solo homer that ended up being the game-winning run uh, in the fifth inning. It was Allie Shipman with a two-RBI single earlier on in the game to give Alabama the lead, and then obviously Montana Fouts coming in, getting the strikeout, getting the victory here in this ball game. Jayla Torrance, a, a junior that has been here for so long, uh, really you know, stepping in and, and becoming a legend for the Crimson Tide what they've done here in regional play yeah. and super regionals and it'll be fun to see what she can do in OKC for the first time. I'm excited. Yeah. And Alabama will play Tennessee to start things off on Thursday, Thursday morning. Do I even need to make a Tennessee board? No. I know everything about them. <laughs> but right now it's a chance to celebrate as the four seniors, the fifth year seniors pose for the prangy cam faith Hensley, montana fouts ali shipman ashley prangy three of those four going to oklahoma city for the first time montana fouts obviously has done some things in mm-hmm. okc and she's looked stronger and stronger each each appearance here this weekend 
and another week, and hopefully she'll be at her strongest in OKC with an opportunity to continue to write the story. Speechless. We'll take a timeout, come back, continue the Yellowhammer Brewing Company postgame report. Alabama wins 3-2, and we're heading to OKC here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Oh, what a game, what a weekend. The Crimson Tide punches their ticket to the Women's College World Series with a 3-2 victory over Northwestern here in Tuscaloosa. It's the Yellowhammer Brewing Company postgame report as Alabama is heading back to OKC with the 3-2 victory over the Wildcats. Tom Canterbury alongside of Gray Robertson. and it's, it's just so amazing to watch this team, Team 27, celebrate the accomplishment that has not been able to be done for a couple of years, unfortunately. Wasn't able to go last year, but this type of this team deserved to go to Oklahoma City. It has not been an easy ride, that's no. for sure. But the Crimson Tide peaked at the right time. You had an injured Montana Fouts giving you everything that she had, and everybody stepped up and performed their role to the utmost here this weekend to beat, obviously, an outstanding Northwestern team and head to OKC. Was it the best offensive weekend? No, but it was the best bit of execution that Alabama has had maybe all year. And the journey that this team has gone on, I think of the first game of the year. You were sitting here. I was next door with Kaylee Tao. Lehigh came here and won. Late, 4-4, they scored three in the seventh. Off Montana Fouts. Off Montana Fouts. And a lot of people gave up on that team. And then Alabama went to Clearwater and did a lot of good. And then more bad happened. Kennesaw State was a low point. But a lot of people wrote this team off. Sure. And they refused to let that break them. You know, when you talk about the journey to get to Oklahoma City – A big part of it is the connectivity of your team. And this is, as we have said, the most connected an Alabama team has maybe ever been for us. And I called it my favorite team many, many times throughout the year, really through the last month. And everything that you, the listeners, have heard us describe and people who were watching and listening, everything that you've also seen – You saw why, and in particular, the reaction, the final reaction to that final out is what sold me. Yeah. It meant the world to everybody. Montana Fouts has been to OKC before, but dadgummit, she wanted to go there again. And just just to, to see what this team accomplished this year and how they had to get there and all the adversity that they have faced from losses to injuries just when things were getting good. It reminds me of what Allison Habits said to us after the Lehigh loss. We were all in the clubhouse. Mood, not great. Yeah. And Allison Habits said, this will just make it that much sweeter when we go to Oklahoma City. She was right. Here are the final stats from today's ball game. We'll start with Northwestern as they end the season at 42 and 13. They got one run in the fourth and one in the seventh for their two runs on seven hits, no errors, eight runners left on base. 
Skylar Schellmeyer was two for four. Maeve Nelson was two for three. Had that solo homer in the seventh inning. One RBI and one run scored. Jordan Rudd was 0 for three. Hannah Katie was 0 for four. Nikki Cochran was 0 for two with a walk. Bridget Donahue scored a run as a pinch runner. Angela Zedak was 1 for 2 with a walk. Kansas Robinson was 0 for 3. Kelsey Nader was 2 for 3 with an RBI. Grace Nito was 0 for 2. And Kendall Peterson was 0 for 1. In the circle, Danielle Williams, a complete game loss. She's now 23 and 3 on the year to finish off her final season in, North, at, at, in Evanston at Northwestern. She went six innings, five hits, three runs, all earned, two walks, and five strikeouts through 100 pitches and 62 strikes. For Alabama, they are 45-20 and 20 and heading back to Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series. Two runs in the third and a run in the fifth for their three runs on five hits, no errors, and five runners left on base. Ashley Prangy was 0 for 1 with two walks and a run scored. Jenna Johnson, 2 for 2 with an RBI and a run scored. The solo homer in the fifth inning off the left field foul pole mm. ended up being... The game-winning run from Amazing. the side. Didn't realize it at a time we thought it was insurance, and it was. But man, Jenna, I, I mean, talk about talk about individual growth just through a series. Maybe was the most efficient hitter in this super because of how often she was able to execute. And when she finally had a chance to swing away, Dad Gummit, Tom, <laughs> she swung away. Bailey Dowling 0 for 3. Ali Shipman was 1 for 3 with two RBIs. Had the two RBI single in the third inning. Emma Broadfoot was 0 for 3. Callie Hevlin 0 for 3. Kinley Kahalen was 1 for 3. Larissa Pruitt was 0 for 2. Marley Giles 0 for 1. Kristen White was 1 for 2 with a run scored. In the circle, Jayla Torrance got the start. Went 3 and a third. Three hits, one run. It was earned two walks and two strikeouts. 58 pitches and 38 strikes thrown by Jayla. And then Montana Fouts comes in and gets the victory. She's now 25 and 10. Three and two-thirds innings pitched. Four hits, one run. It was earned. One walk, two strikeouts, 48 pitches, and 26 strikes thrown by Fouts. Time of the game, two hours and 18 minutes, along with an one hour and one minute long lightning delay. Your attendance, 3,574. And they watched Alabama make history once again, punching their 14th ticket to the Women's College World Series. And, Gray, we can't talk enough about what both Jayla Torrance and Montana Fouts did, not just today, but all weekend long, all NCAA tournament long so far. Jayla Torrance came in when Alabama needed her the most and has pitched the best of her entire career, finishing things off. Got all three wins in the regional round and here got the start in two out of three and gave Alabama the opportunity to win both those games. Jayla is the reason that we're celebrating today. Just going to be very, very honest about it. Her performance in regionals, her performances here this weekend, Jayla Torrance did the work. She did the the stuff that she had to do all year long to prepare for this moment. And when her name was called in a scenario that she had never been in before, she shined. Jayla Torrance is the story of the year, I think, for this team. And there are a lot of potential nominees, but I'm so proud of her, and I'm so proud of Team 27. Mm. Gray, I'd like to go down and celebrate. They're taking the picture right now. We'll get there eventually. But okay, uh, <laughs> we have to knock this out. Gray's final thought, brought to you by Fast Signs. <laughs> fast Signs of Tuscaloosa is more than fast and more than signs. Request a free quote from Fast Signs for all your business visibility needs. Fast Signs of Tuscaloosa is a proud supporter of Crimson Tide Softball. If we can collect ourselves, Gray, your final thought before we wrap things up and pack up this equipment because we got to go to OKC. Yeah, we do. 
<laughs> you excited for Cattlemen's, my friend? Oh, my gosh. The podium is just open wide Let's open. Let's go. Sorry to Jordan Stevens. <laughs> Folks, the story was always going to end in OKC, but how it will end in OKC, I don't know. And I'm excited to find out because there have been a lot of reasons to doubt this team. And at every turn, when they face that doubt, they found a way. They'll probably be, maybe Utah, you make the discussion, maybe the biggest underdog in Oklahoma City. Not only are you going in with a not 100% Montana Fouch, you're also on the side of the bracket with Oklahoma, Stanford, and Texas, or excuse me, and Tennessee. Right. That is the tough side. But who cares? (laughs) Why would it be easy? This team continues to defy the odds. And you know what? However it ends, it's been magical. And I'm so proud of everybody on that field. That's going to do it for this broadcast. The Bama Softball Post Game Report brought to you by Yellowhammer Brewing Company. Brewed locally in Alabama and served to fans across the southeast. Yellowhammer Brewing Company. The Vice President and General Manager of the Crimson Tide Sports Network is Jim Carabin. Our studio engineer has been Jason Jennings. For Gray Robertson and everyone here at the Crimson Tide Sports Network, I'm Tom Canterbury saying thank you for joining us as Alabama gets a 3-2 win over Northwestern, punching their ticket for OKC and the Women's College World Series. Tune in to the Crimson Tide Sports Network again on Thursday as Alabama opens up play at Hall of Fame Stadium, taking on the Tennessee Lady Vols. First pitch is scheduled for 11. We'll be on the air at 10.50. Keep up with Alabama's social medias for any game time changes and all information. And until then, Roll Tide from Tuscaloosa. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So there we go. Number one has been revealed. Northwestern. Mm. Duh. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it's there was, I think, because it didn't get like unanimous. Not everybody no. picked that as number. It was one. on every ballot, but only had nine first place votes. Right. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure how you could pick something else. Yeah, I think there were some great, as we talked about, more than five great moments in this season for Alabama in twenty twenty three. Uh, but it definitely all culminated. Uh, the picture that the University of Alabama Athletics put oh, up man. just is, I mean, it's Daniel Moore, you know. If it's board. not a yeah. portrait soon, I'm going to be upset because yeah. I have a spot ready. Oh, yeah. I have a spot ready. Name your price, Daniel. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Yes. Uh, and just and just kind of just the overall joy that you could see from the entire team and we talked about with Patrick Murphy when we that it seemed as though that even he was able to step back and appreciate the specialness mm. of this team doing what they did, how they did it, 
making it to the Women's College World Series. Did you want to go 0-2 once you made it to the Women's College World Series? No. That no. was that part was disappointing, but making it there and there was no disappointment for the team, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. a year where people growingly didn't believe in you, and then when the bracket came out, they were like, oh, here's the upset. It's Alabama. Sure. Right. Duh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Central mm-hmm. Arkansas, Northwestern, they're moving on. No, I mean, it was a team that I said it at the end of, I think, three of the clips that we played. <laughs> it was a team that would make you fall in love with them, and they would thrill you, and they would excite you, and then they'd do something crazy, and then something dumb would happen, and they would make you angry. Right. And you would be wondering, what in the world is going on with Team 27? And then they would do something else to make them fall in love with you again. And... That love culminated in a trip to OKC. That this was our favorite team this year, and we've talked about core memories a bit during this series. Uh, an epic core memory for me will be sobbing, obviously, sure, well, yeah. hugging everybody on the field because it was a team that I think more so than any other in its entirety accepted us as part of the family. And to be a part of that moment with them, even as just very, very, very small cogs and the Alabama softball clock uh, was extremely special. Yeah, it was really cool. And, you know, we get to go down there a little bit later than everybody else because, you know, we still have to do the post-game show. And and you know, typically these are sure. lengthy post-game shows. <laughs> we have a lot to cover. Sure. Uh, so, but by the time we got down there, and it was one of those two where, like, no one wanted to leave. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, even in previous years when you, you know, you get the ticket and you take the picture and everybody's excited and stuff, all right, let's go get ready. We got we got to go to Oklahoma City in two days. Right. So it's like, but this one there was there was like no rush. It was we're we're sitting here until the last person leaves, uh, and we're going to enjoy being able to savor the fact that that this team, with everything that they went through, achieved going to Oklahoma City. It was as hard a year as I can remember. It was as rewarding a year as I can remember. And hopefully it's the kind of year that sets up a team to do something special. Team 28 is already one that I really like. It's got a lot of the same people. There are some big missing pieces, and that will be covered on this podcast, to be clear. Sure. There will be a lot that we will discuss in the fall ball episodes and in the season six premiere as well. Because Montana Fouts not walking through that door. No. And... There a lot of other pitchers but, are, but other people will a lot. There, are, it's yes. the biggest pitching staff in Alabama history. <laughs> but it's a team that I really like, and I hope that the lessons that the returners learned from Montana and from the way that Team Twenty Seven was able to fight through what felt like constant adversity for the last month of the season. Uh, I hope that those lessons are are taken and used in 2024 because if they are then you've got a team that might not be the most talented in the country probably isn't but could be the most cohesive just like last year's felt as cohesive as any alabama team we've ever covered yeah and they they discovered the the truth of the best teams are the ones that are led by the players Mm -hmm. that they are the ones that you know montana fouts ali shipman ashley prangy took ownership of that team and someone on team 28 is going to need to do the same thing to try to uh to make that team 28 to have that same type of cohesion it's and possible it can happen for absolutely sure. and we'll talk about it at some point but not today no no because we've just recorded a very long series that you've heard over the last month of the best moments of the year 
And I'm sure while we've been recording, something else has happened. And if it has, then we will talk about it at a later time. It's even possible we recorded and spliced it in at some point. Maybe so. Who knows? I mean, I've done crazier things with my (laughs) editing. But as it stands right now, here's the podcast plan for the rest of 2023. Coming up soon-ish, we'll probably let this settle for a time and then dive into it. We'll have the all-time SEC pitcher draft. We'll have a panel just like we did for the SEC decade draft. We'll be picking six pitchers. At any point in SEC history, they will just have had to have played on a team that was in the Southeastern Conference, the current makeup of it, uh, from 1997 when softball began to the present day. Okay. So any pitcher in that time is on the table. All right. And we'll have a panel, and it'll be great. Of course. And I'm sure I will get the shaft I mean, in the voting. Well, we might not do Twitter fan <laughs> uh, We might. I might create a different panel okay. to pick it blindly. Sounds good. Like, I don't know, maybe Alabama head coach Patrick Murphy. I'm going to send him the list and say, which staff do you want? Right. Oh, wow. I'll pick, like, three head coaches. That's what we'll do. Okay. I'm sure they're not busy. Eh. I'll just send them a picture and say, pick a staff. Right. I like it. I still maintain my decade team for the SEC should have won. I think mine should have won. Yours Mm. was very good as well. I think, bottom line, we (laughs) drafted the best. Yes. We just don't have the best Twitter following of the whole panel. Right. I love my Twitter followers, but... <laughs> but we need more. We need a higher volume. Build a legion, please. <laughs> we need all of you to do your part. We'll also have out of the box office back. I've talked to a lot of people who want to come on. We already know we're going to do the social network with Kevin Brown. Okay. Our friend from ESPN. Sure. He'll probably be on for our year-end movie pod where we go through the best movies of the year as we record right now actually i'm going to see barbenheimer tomorrow we got barbie and then oppenheimer oh wow it's gonna be a long day i cannot wait this is my this is my dream this is my olympics could could not have two more different movies opening exactly right on the same weekend can't wait with 45 minutes in between them (laughs) barely time to process barbie wow and then i'm being thrown into a three-hour christopher nolan epic wow I, I saw something today where somebody said, here's my review of Oppenheimer. No spoilers. It's like, okay, I think I know <laughs> what happens. It's not going to yeah. turn out well for the Nazis. No, it's, it's. <laughs> but I mean, unless they want to go in glorious bastards and do something like not that would historical. Be fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. The reviews are really good. We'll yeah. see for both. I'm very excited for Barbie and Oppenheimer. Probably won't be an out of the box office for Barbie or Oppenheimer because we've, we need time to sure. rewatch the movie and do all that. Uh, we've got some coaches who have shown interest. We've got some Olympians who have shown interest. So there are probably going to be a good portion of out of the box office episodes as we wrap up 2023. Sounds good. I know. I remember last time man wants to do uh, League of Their Own. That's right. And you've been wanting League of Their Own for a while. From the beginning. We've yes. had a couple people mention League of Their Own. So maybe that'll be put together. Okay. Who's I'm to in. say? I'm in. Yeah. Because I have seen that movie. I will probably have seen one to two of the ten movies you discuss in the end of the year movie podcast where you describe to me a movie that came out. And I have said, you hmm. seen Air yet? No, I, I do need to see Oh, it. Tom. So, that that one is not by, you know, not caring to see it. I just I just haven't had the opportunity. It's okay. I might drag you to go see Killers of the Flower Moon, though. You should be like, Tom, we get in. <laughs> We're going to sit for three and a half hours and watch Leo drill for oil <laughs> great sounds <laughs> scintillating 
As I, long as long as there's, I mean, there's a murder involved. Sure. And, yeah. As long as Marvel's not involved and the movie theater won't burn to the ground. <laughs> That's true. We can go to any movie that we want as long as it doesn't have Stan Lee yeah, right. in the credits. <laughs> uh, Kevin Feige's like, not those two. No. Okay, anything else that we need to cover before we wrap up this podcast series? Once we get into the fall, we'll we'll discuss that. Uh, you know, fall ball coming up in October. Yeah. And then we'll have our mystery 14th team as well for media, for media days. days. That'll be right. coming up soon, uh, too. That, those discussions will be had behind the scenes. If you have a team that you specifically want us to talk to, OU in Texas, not allowed, because they're going to be a part of it next year. Mm-hmm. Just let us know. Tweet us at outofthebox underscore pod or at your Twitter, Tom. At T Canterbury RTR. Yeah, or me at Gray, J-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. Uh, Alrighty, so that's the uh, top five Alabama softball moments of the year. From our partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Thank you to our 16-person panel, who took it very seriously, by the way. When I sent them the list, I had a lot of, okay, can you remind me what happened here, and let's discuss this. And they were very, very involved. So thank you to our panel, who I thought did a phenomenal job. Yeah, that's a, again, we're not going to, release the panel but as i look at the names uh yeah that's you're not going to find people that were more in tune with what team 27 did than these people that were on this list yeah they were they were aware yes. of all the goings <laughs> on as the year went on well i hope all of you enjoy the rest of your summer as little time as that may be as this recording finishes up in august enjoy fall sports enjoy college football it's all coming up soon and then we'll have fall ball until then so long from the out of the box podcast we'll see you next time